Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to USTA Florida's Here to Serve podcast. My name is Laura Bowen, and I am the executive director here at USTA Florida. And as you can tell, I'm ready to serve today. Um, I was actually just on the court volunteering, and I am excited that we have a podcast today um, to find out more information about something that just launched called the World Tennis Number. I have two of my favorite people here who are going to tell us all about it and share their expertise. First up, I have Tracy Davies. Tracy is the Managing Director of Recreational Competition at the USTA. Welcome back to the podcast, Tracy. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate being here. And joining Tracy is Thad Hawks, and Thad is USTA Florida's Youth Program Coordinator, also known as the subject matter expert on all of our rankings and ratings. So thank you, Thad, for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you. Glad to be here and, and always happy to see the two of you. So you two, I think, have been on the podcast before, but I always like to start by sharing some of your background, having you share some of your background, because I think it really does um, kind of shed some light on the perspectives that you bring, particularly to this topic. So Tracy, would you mind sharing a little bit of your background in tennis and how you came to be at the USTA? Sure. Thank you, Laura. Um, yeah. So my background, you know, I was a junior player. Um, I played college tennis at the University of Tennessee, uh, and then I was a, a pro, uh, teaching pro for for several years, and and actually started out my first position at uh, USTA Florida as a player development director in my early twenties. Uh, went on to coach at different levels, was a national coach, uh, worked for the International Tennis Federation, uh, lived overseas for about ten or fifteen years, working with different federations. And uh, ended up coming back home um, to the U.S. and to Florida, and I uh, was able to start in this position as director of junior tennis about five years ago, working under Craig Morris and his team. Uh, and it really started junior, and now it's expanded to junior, collegiate, and adult. So just, I mean, you know, it's the, it's the job of my dreams. I love what I do and, and just excited to be here um, talking about this new initi initiative today. Well, we're very blessed to have you here in Florida and have you at the USTA. It's wonderful when people have both a Florida background and perspective and also a USTA background and perspective. So thank you. Uh, kind of wearing a couple hats there. That I want to come to you next. I would like you to share a little bit about your background and how you came to be at USTA Florida. Yeah, pretty similar uh, in, in some respects to, to Tracy. I grew, up in Ohio, I grew up in Ohio, played all through high school, played in college. Um, and then moved to Florida in the late 80s, uh, where I was working as a, as a uh, local teaching pro here in Central Florida, and um, just uh, happened to come on board with uh, the Florida section back in 2013, back in the days of Rogi, with mm. red, orange, green, yellow events for the 10 and under space, and it has since uh, evolved into uh, our high-level tournaments and rankings and ratings and uh, and, and you name it, a lot with high school tennis and so on. So it's kind of one of those things I, you know, I have a job, but whatever is needed, is it, whatever is needed gets done. And that is so true about you, Thad. I feel very grateful that I've been able to work with you for almost the entire time that I've been here. I remember our roguey marketing efforts back in the day. Um, and again, your high school background and uh, your background as a provider and a coach has been invaluable to us. So thank you for being on the podcast today. 
Well, since both of you are so experienced, I came up with some really hard questions and hopefully you all will enjoy answering them. So let's get started. And Tracy, I thought I would start with you today. Can you tell us what the world tennis number is, why the ITF developed it, and why USTA decided to adopt it? Wow, you you go straight for it, Laura. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so you know, to answer that question, um, just for your listeners, let me just clarify. Um, we are in a partnership with the ITF, uh, the International Governing Body of Tennis, uh, that basically works with national associations worldwide to support the growth of the sport as its mission, right? So we've been uh, we've been involved in this initiative with the World Tennis Number with the ITF for the past five or six years. Um, there's been a lot of testing. The algorithm was developed in London. Uh, they work closely with the LTA, the British Federation. And we've really, there's been so much work done on this um, that behind the scenes is not really shown. But um, actually today, uh, on Wednesday, we, we have the uh, profiles of WTN starting to show and serve tennis. So we're super excited to have gotten from this point uh, working with the ITF. So I just wanted to clarify that first. It's a complete partnership. And it's uh, officially the ITF's product, uh, but being uh, marketed and, and licensed in the U.S. for the USTA. Um, just a couple of quick points. The WTN itself is a rating tool uh, really to help players uh, better find local level-based play opportunities, um, to help players track progress uh, compared to others locally and really around the world. This is going to be a new initiative with, with players across the world being able to compare. Uh, and then also uh, a tool to help providers seed select and group players um, for all USTA sanctioned and non-sanctioned events. So it will be in all of our products. Uh, and just a couple of quick points, the ITF World Tennis Number is both a singles and doubles rating. It uses a 40 to one scale with 40 being beginner and one being an elite professional. And of course this scale is for all players regardless of age, gender and ability. So I think that really answers you know, what the WTN is, um, why it was developed. Um, and thinking about that question, like I said, this was really determined initially first uh, by the ITF because uh, like the USTA, they have a mission to make the game more accessible and inclusive around the world. Um, so they, as these smaller initiatives to develop level-based play have been going on for the last 15 or 20 years. So they knew they wanted um, this world-class rating uh, to eventually come out. And I think uh, to support this mission, some of the pieces that they really focus on uh, were really number one, it makes sure it's free to consumers to all of their 135 member nations, uh, that it provides local level-based play in all regions across the globe, not just the US or, or Europe, but all regions across the globe. Um, and it would be accessible through digital technology so there's going to be an ITF World Tennis Number website, and then obviously players would be able to go to the USTA websites as well. So that was an important factor. And then a really important one is it protects um, data, data privacy for all consumers engaged with WTN. The GDPR it is uh, governs uh, data pr protection in the UK and the in Europe, and it's uh, kind of the global world standard uh, for data protection. So. Uh, that's been a very, very important and specific part of making sure uh, the world tennis number uh, gets developed. And then finally, it'll be a common currency for the competitive pathway. So when we think of local play in Florida, we think of regional play, we think of national ITF events, um, ITF 
pro circuits, and then on to ATP and WTA, including collegiate, this is going to be a common currency to be used through the entire pathway as we move forward. Um, so I hope that answers the question on why, because all of those pieces were very, very important in developing the WTN. And I can just say a couple of quick words on why the USTA developed it. I think I've already mentioned it. Um, you know, we've been a partner. We have the same mission. Um, I think, um, you know, we wanted to be a part of one of the most advanced and accurate rating systems in the world. And we really understood the importance of these benefits that the ITF was trying to develop. And just to highlight a couple of these again, I would say the free access is very, very important for a national governing body to be able to offer uh, to our customers and our providers. Um, the regulated data um, is also, again, I just want to mention it because it gives us using, uh, getting more data into the system uh, gives us the ability to communicate uh, with, with our consumers, our players and providers in a much better way to make sure they have opportunities, play opportunities throughout the system, right? Um, and then also the other thing I just want to mention with the USTA, having our own rating uh, right now, particularly in the junior space, gives us part uh, a chance to have this as part of the governance structure where um, education, training on what a rating is, what it's meant to use for, uh, how it's compared to a ranking, and also how safe play is integrated is all very important um, to us as a governing body right now. So I hope that gives you an overview of, of really why we did it, why the ITF did it, and why we're so excited about launching it. Yeah, that was a great overview, and it actually tees up a lot of the questions we have following uh, pretty nicely. And mm -hmm. that I'm going to come to you for my next question, just you know, going off of the things that Tracy just mentioned. USDA Florida has used different rating systems in various ways. Can you talk a little bit about our perspective on using ratings? How do we use them, particularly in our junior events and programs? Right. So the in the junior NCRP has been around for a while, and I know the I know junior team tennis has used that to create some level-based play team events, um, but it hasn't been as well known as the NCRP on the adult space. Mm -hmm. And so I think having something like WTN that's going to be more common and players dialogue across all spectrums is going to help. Um, obviously, there is the, the one rating system that's currently out there that's, that a lot of people are familiar with, UTR. We have used that in the past, uh, say probably back in 2015 or so. We started to use it for seeding purposes in our higher level tournaments, our level threes, level fours, and level fives, because one of the one of the things that's unique to our section we do is we do have a lot of international players who are here at our academies, mm -hmm. and so while they may not have all all of them had high ranking points, they had enough to get into our higher level tournaments, but they would not wind up being seeded because of the rank their ranking wasn't high enough, but they would roll right through the tournaments because they were they were so good right and so like a lot of other sections, we adopted that as a as a tool for our high level events to great success. And, um, and it began to balance those out and create better overall tournament experiences mm -hmm. for those players. The downside to that for us happened when COVID hit was players in a lot of sections will play stop for everybody. We were mm -hmm. lucky that in Florida, we were able to start as soon as the suspension of play ended mm -hmm. while other sections could not. And so those players moved to Florida, but they lost a lot of play, a lot of playing time, a lot of ranking points. As play began to come back, we did begin to notice that 
almost the opposite was happening. Players weren't getting into the tournaments. They were on the alternate list. And so one, if they would eventually get into the tournament, their UTR would put them in the top three or four or five. And so what was happening is we were having to either redo seating or redo entire draws. And yeah. so it just created a bunch of issues that at that time we just decided we're going to go now back strictly with rankings for seating and selection. But now I think with the, you know, with WTN evolving and we've seen it with some of our, our pilot events and other events, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, I think we'll be able to use it as a tool again in the right places and, and see where it, see where it, you know, see where it lands. Yeah, I do remember during, you know, it was funny when, you know, we were having COVID and uh, we were restarting some things. And I remember all the emails that we would get from parents that would say, how did this child get into this tournament? I looked up their UTR and it's way lower than my child's UTR and they didn't get selected. And one of the things that became clear to me, because I don't work in the space every day like you do, is that all of these different methods, uh, that's what I'll just dump them into methods, collect different types of data. And, you know, I think what I'm hearing and maybe what came out was that we need sort of a source that has all of the data because that's the way that it can be the most accurate because you've got the ranking list that calculate points based on this and these events. But to your point, Thad, you have international players that maybe aren't playing in our events. And then you have some of these rating systems that don't take into account or aren't getting all of the data either. So it creates sort of this, you know, game of, which source are you going to use today? What what might be the most accurate? So I, I think we learned a lot during that period of time. It's It kind of shined a bright light on, on how nothing was really complete in that space. And so it was really hard for parents to navigate, for kids to navigate, providers to navigate, for us to run a tournament and know, hey, that, you know, we're selecting the right the right player. So we're going to talk about that later because I do have a question about the ranking list. Um, but Teresa, I want to come back to you before we get there. And I want to ask you a question about the national events, both junior and adult. Where does the USTA plan to use or engage WTN there? And back to the point I just raised, what match data is being used and going into this new tool? Is it everything? Is it some of the things? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a really good question, Lauren. You made some great points and some of the complexities of rolling out a rating. Like, you know, this is this is going to take some time uh, to be integrated uh, in our system. The more you play, the more a rating gets better, right? So, um, so we know that this is just the start. So I did just want to throw that in there. Um, in terms of your question, um, so, you know, as far as national events, um, the initial focus of a rating will be to support and supplement USTA rankings. So this means potentially uh, for 22 in particular, okay, this, the WTN is not in our rules and regulations uh, at the moment. Our, our, our junior in particular rules and regulations state that any rating can be used to support a ranking. So um, WTN will not specifically be there in 2022. I know the committee's talking about it for 23. So the rest of 2022 uh, will be, um, it could be used in some pilot areas. It can be used uh, to help select outliers. As you talk about it, it's kind of a tool uh, to help for those players that don't have rankings or come from overseas and play in our events, et cetera. So it'll start to be used uh, in that respect. On the adult side, 
um, the WTN will be used uh, in their regulations. They consider an all factors method uh, in, in looking at adult tournaments. So the WTN will, ex will for sure be one of those factors that are used uh, when selecting uh, and seeding for a WTN uh, adult play event or a sanctioned event for that matter. Um, as far as the data, uh, basically, WTN data will come from any USDA sanctioned event, USDA tournaments, junior team tennis, uh, any league play, uh, and anyone that plays any type of ITF event, uh, USDA or ITF event, those, uh, those results will be entered for the WTN, and they have been for the last five to six years as well. Great. Um, that's good news, uh, but it actually sort of gets me to my next question, I think, a little bit, and that is we've run some pilots here in right. Florida, some WTN pilots, and Thad, you've actually um, been kind of monitoring those pilots, and so one of the questions that that begs is, okay, how accurate is it? You talked about that earlier, Tracy, so maybe right. can you share, Thad, some of the results of the pilots that we've done in Florida and maybe talk a little bit more about how WTN would be able to help us with what's called the banding of play and in which programs that makes sense. In other words, where do we have the confidence that we would want to apply that to a program right now versus maybe holding off for, for other programs in the future? Right. So we ran in February, we had a, a level five um, pilot that was run down in South Florida and the results of the, the players, first of all, the players loved it. They love the fact that, that they were they were uh, flighted based on their based on their rating, so it really gave really good competitive matches across the board. And I think that's one of the one of the main goals to a rating is to do that is to be able to provide a, a tournament where players are getting good competitive matches. And, and we saw that and the accuracy based on the the WTN at that time, uh, which still had even less data in into those players as there is today, was really accurate. I would say it's probably, I think the match results were around 85% um, based, on the, based on what's known as the confidence factor of the player who had the higher rating, won those matches, and the matches were, were competitive. You know, a 6-3, 6-4, 6-4, So that was really encouraging to see that. Um, and, which, and it's similar to what we were seeing, you know, in years past when we were using using um, UTR for seeding for seeding purposes in those higher level events. So it gave us, you know, a, a lot of confidence that this is, you know, we're on, they're on a really good track with that. Um, looking at how we would probably use it in the in the immediate future, I think we're probably going to look at maybe some of our 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 lower level tournaments, our level sixes, our level sevens where we can use that what's the you know, the game zone which is the really cool aspect of wtn where you can create those bandwidths to where players can register and play within a bandwidth so they're going to have good competitive play across the board and trying to create as good as good an experience for those players as we can to try to keep them in the game and then you know, I, I think we could also see it maybe somewhere down the road whether it's in fully in in junior team tennis or team events that we create, whether it's a high school ball ball league that's created, something along those lines. Uh, I'm very excited, and, and Tracy, you can correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I believe they're going to use the WTN for the the uh, summer team events, uh, at least in the, the 12 and 14 zonal um, island that's being run this summer. 
So I think getting feedback and results from those is going to be really positive. So that's kind of where I see it initially. Um, I don't know that we would look to any more of our high-level events for 2022, but uh, we would certainly look, you know, for 2023 with those, especially with the team formatting uh, being back, the platform being there, bringing back what we, what we called our splits, uh, known as the dominant duo. I think we can do a lot of really fun things with those. Excellent. Well, and another one that comes to my mind is, you know, wheelchair and just sort of watching those events and how they're run with all the different levels, like immediately going out. There's like, oh, I could kind of see how it would really work probably well in that space, too. Although and of course, there's ITF wheelchair events as well as, you know, USTA wheelchair events. So that's a whole nother that's a whole nother block of of the world that uh, probably has some good use for for the WTN, too. Uh, okay, so my next question is for both of you. We mentioned UTR earlier. So for those who are familiar with UTR, um, can you guys talk a little bit about how it relates to WTN? What's similar? What's different? And what do our players need to know in terms of maybe the differences in data collection, accuracy, and all of those wonderful things? So with that, I'm going to start with you, and then we'll go over to Tracy. Yeah, so as Tracy mentioned right off the bat, the, the rating system goes from a 40 to a 1. So a 40 would be a, be, a beginner player. A 1 would be, you know, Rafael Nadal, um, you know, Iga Swiatek, you know, two current French Open champions. Um, whereas UTR goes the other direction. It's, it goes from a 1 to a 16. The rating is the rating, and then players are going to develop that. I think the, the really fun things for players is that it's going to help from a recruiting standpoint for players when they're looking at colleges. It's going to help coaches be able to see how their players are progressing once they, you know, once the World Tennis Number dot com site is is is, uh, is operational, and they can see that they can track their results, they can track their players' results who they're coaching. Um, players can also, you know, group their friends in, into groups. Uh, on the uh, on this, so they can see how they're doing in comparatively with their friends and so on. So I think there's a lot of things that we're going to learn as more of these tools come about for players to really engage in their progress and track it from a, from very early on. I think the other thing that's going to be really fun for us to see is in the green ball space and ten and under being able to utilize it because. Florida has been a, a, a very strong green ball section. Last year's 12 and under Bobby Curtis boys champion was the previous year's uh, boys 10 and under Bobby Curtis green ball section champion. This year, a girl who's likely number one or number two seed in the 12 was the girls 10, you know, 10 green ball champion last year. So I think having it in that space is going to be, help us to be able to create really good competitive play in green ball, but more balanced play in green ball where we have so many players. It sounds like you're saying the progression works bad. So. <laughs> we also. I like green ball personally, so <laughs> I'll take green and orange all day long. Tracy, how do you see this shape shaping up with UTR similar to how Thad views it? Is there anything else you would add? Yeah, um, I do. Look, I'm. Obviously, uh, we consider a rating a tool, right? And the more tools that we have in our toolbox, the better we're able uh, to support our players and providers. Um, 
there's no doubt that there's, as I mentioned earlier, there's complexity in this. Um, there's MTRP, there's, you know, UTR, there's WTN now, there's rankings. So parents, it's going to be really, really important to us to um, really get the education communication piece right. Um, we've tried to support parents in the past. This past year, we've done some webinars and different pieces uh, that help to explain it. Uh, WTN in the past two or three weeks is really, my team has really gone, um, you know, they've done an incredible job starting to educate this. But I think uh, it's important, no matter what rating it is, for people to really understand what the rating's meant for. It's just a measurement uh, at a certain time. Um, and it is, it's important to understand that both WTN and UTR uh, take account into a player's match results. That's where they're similar. Outside of that, they're completely different scales that look at different match data and go through different algorithms. Uh, different inputs and outputs make it hard to make it a one-to-one -one comparison, right? So everything we do will be trying to educate a parent on how they can use these various tools to help the player through the pathway. Uh, so, I, you know, just to repeat it, I think the education will be extremely important. Yeah, that's a uh, it's a great comment, and I know um, Thad, you worked with our marketing team to set up a new page called the Baseline, which has a lot of different resources for parents, including information on all the rating systems and rankings that are out there because it is very difficult, I think, at times to navigate. So, can you talk that a little bit more about how we at the section level are working to provide more information and education specifically on WTN? And where are both the parents, players, and providers can go to learn more about WTN? Right. So, yeah, as you mentioned, um, we did, you know, parent education has always been one of those things we, that we all talk about a lot. And it's, it's, but it's not just about the parents, it's educating the players, educating the coaches mm -hmm. and the providers on where they can go to find information. And as you mentioned, we just launched. Uh, not too long ago uh, on our resources page in the in the youth uh, area for our tournaments uh, a page called the baseline and it has a lot of information across all spectrums for parents players and coaches to find information and on there uh, is a link to uh, all things wtn where players can find the numbers learn what it is the uh, the faqs that the national team creations group has, has provided a lot of the resources and emails that they've already sent out have been added in there as well. So anything that's come out already has been added to that page so that you know, our people can go there and find it. Um, anything that will continue to come out um, beyond this point, we will continue to update that as, as, as we get the information. And now it's just a matter of us trying to push our consumers, our players and, and folks to that page. But the other thing we're doing is this Sunday at the uh, Bobby at our Bobby Curtis section championships, we're going to have um, a table set up uh, with myself and I believe Lauren Rockstein from the national team and perhaps Adelaide Wood from the national team are going to be there uh, this Sunday from nine to 11 to answer questions because now with the release where players will be able to see what their WTN is, we know it's going to bring about a whole other group of questions that they're going to have. And so we want to be there when we're going to be face to face with, you know, 500 plus of our of our high level players to be able to answer those questions for them, for their parents, if their coaches come with them. I know we'll probably have some college coaches here as well watching players. So it's going to be a really good opportunity to just to, to, to get the information out. And that's really going to be a push for us for the rest of the year is to continue to get that information out as often as possible 
and let people know where they can go to find it. Yeah, I know, Thad, you, you have just done a magnificent job over the years. I mean, answering every question, every email that's ever come up about ratings and rankings. So I'm sure you will continue to do that as well. And Tracy, I know you have members of your team and customer care who are prepared to answer questions as well. So um, hopefully we just sort of can learn and grow and, and respond together. Uh, my last question gets back to something you mentioned, you know, early on, Tracy, and I said I would come back to, and now here we are. <laughs> Do you see the World Tennis number replacing rankings in either the junior or the adult space? So if yes, why? And if no, why not? <laughs> so Tracy, I'll start with you this time, and then we'll we'll throw it back to that. Right. So, um, you know, I can just answer that clearly. No, you know, there are no plans to uh, replace rankings on either side. Um, USDA rankings, you know, uh, points per round, uh, we we feel like it's an important measure um, and will continue to guide seating and selection for USDA junior and adult tournaments moving forward. We definitely see uh, the rating, particularly the WTN that's now integrated into our system, we see it as a complement. Um, and, and we will have to continue to, you know, we, as I mentioned earlier, we try not to compare one-to-one -one because as I said, the algorithms are very different in what they're measuring, but we will, we have a full team behind the scenes continuing to, to test and, and look at pilots and look at ways uh, that we can maybe set benchmarks for players based on rating bands, uh, players that uh, got top 10 in the world reach this at a certain age, players that go to college need to be in this band by this certain age. Um, so we really want to work with player development to use the rating and the ranking to be able to help guide, um, you know, the development and the competitive pathway to make sure players are choosing um, the correct, um, you know, level to play in so that they stay in the sport. Um, so that, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but you know, we see them as compliments. Yeah, no, no, I would agree. I think, I think there's value in all of it. I think the biggest thing for us will be to make sure that we are very clear with our consumer on our tournament homepages and so on as to what is being used. And so they are aware going into that event. Yeah. That, okay. So this tournament's going to be, we're going to use WTN for selection and seeding for this tournament. For this one, we're going to use ranking, you know, for rankings for selection and seeding, and so they know. And the last thing we want to do, the last thing we want to do is, is is have our consumers not be aware of what it is they're signing up for, what it is they're playing in. And I think, as, as Tracy said several times, it's a, it's going to be a tool or a mechanism that can be used to create some different fun opportunities for, you know, for our players. And I, I think again, trying to create the best experience possible for them. So they stay in the game and, and continue to play and also, you know, a way to, to see how their results are, are really tracking for them and encouraging them, encouraging them to, you know, to continue to move forward. Well, I'm personally excited to see how it goes in the junior team tennis space. I think that, um, you know, is much needed and uh, look forward to that and all the exciting other things that are coming. Um, so that's all of my questions for today. You guys did a fabulous job answering them. Uh, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us again. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Laura. I just want to call out what an incredible job um, this team is doing in Florida. And, and we know it's one of our, you know, strongest sections in the country, particularly with junior and adult play. 
Um, you know, so it's it's so important that you guys get the right messaging, the right resources, uh, and, and we keep everyone updated. So we'll just continue to communicate and work together as we roll this out. And you've always been great when we've thrown tough questions your way. You've never shied away from them. You're always willing to pick up the phone and help us tackle them. So it's it, the feeling is very mutual. So th thank you. You're still Florida. It doesn't matter where you are. We still claim you. You're Florida. Can I say my children? Yes. Circuits at the yeah. campus. We are we are living the product, and we are ready for the WTN to help us. So, excellent. And Thad, as always, you just have such a great strategic mind. You do such great work for us, and and I'm really grateful that you took the time today to share with us. And I know you'll be you'll be ready for all those questions that are coming when people look up their WTN and they want to know well, why is it this. <laughs> well, you know, the great thing is we've got a lot of smart people out there who have a lot of great answers and, and you know, there are going to be questions that we can't answer, but we know that we've got, you know, a lot of great friends and Tracy and her team that are there to help us. And if we've, if there's one thing that I've seen with what's happened with the national alignment is the communication between all the sections and cooperation mm -hmm. between all the sections is, you know, has been vital in making everything that started in 2021 continue to get better and better and better and i have no doubt that this will this will follow that same path well thank you both i appreciate you for those of you who are tuning in to the audio only version of this podcast please feel free to jump over to usta florida's facebook page or our instagram account where you can check out the video version and you can also find the full video version on our youtube channel and of course for all episodes of the Here to Serve podcast, including upcoming topics and dates, visit ustaflorida.com slash here to serve. Thanks for tuning in and have a wonderful rest of the day.